Welcome. I'm Connor Beaton, and today we're going to talk about depression. Uh, this is a topic that I've had a lot of people uh, reach out about over you know, the past few years, and it's something that I haven't really actually covered. I think I've talked about it here and there, but I've never actually addressed it directly. And so today on the show, on the mini episode, I am going to talk about depression from a philosophical standpoint first, um, just to give some context into my personal beliefs and views on it. And then I'm going to share two different types of depression that, that I see, is especially in a lot of men, um, but also in a lot of women. And those two types are overt depression and covert depression. I'm going to share some of the signs of each of them and how you can kind of see them and, and how you can support yourself or others. Because depression is something that so many people struggle with. And uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone very wise said, show me an angry man and I will show you a sad man. And it's a really interesting thing that anger and sadness go hand in hand. So let's, uh, let's dive into it here. Before, just before actually I, I get into that, I just want to say a huge thank you for all the guys that have joined the Man Talks community lately on Facebook. Uh, some really great dialogue is happening there. So if you're not a part of that, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. And for everyone that's been leaving ratings and reviews on, on uh, Stitcher, on Google Play, on iTunes and Spotify, thank you so much. Uh, in the last two months, uh, we have we've reached uh, whole new levels on the podcast for downloads, which has been really phenomenal. I've been running this podcast now for two years, and it's really cool to see how much growth we've had just in the last two months alone. So for everyone that is listening, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for sharing on Instagram and Facebook and social media. Uh, I know that some of the recent podcasts about the shadow and some of the interviews that I've been doing have really been landing for you, and I really appreciate you sharing it. Um, we have we have just really started to grow in the last few months, and so uh, we have some exciting changes coming up at the end of the year. Uh, my wife, Vienna, is going to be joining me uh, for some of these mini episodes starting in 2020. So you can take a look out for that and uh, some other exciting changes that are coming down the pipeline. So thank you so much and stay tuned for all of that. So let's dive in. Uh, depression. Let's let's just talk about that. What What is depression and and how do we look at it? The one way that I've liked to look at depression is is depression as the joker of life. And I, I view it like this because in some ways, depression makes you believe that you not only are not the one in charge of your life, you're not the one responsible for your life, but you're also not the one responsible for your own emotional well-being uh, or your own happiness. And depression can create this internal illusion of helplessness and hopelessness. And it's really kind of a, a funny thing because the more that I've worked with people that are struggling with depression in, in some capacity, the more that I've seen a, a few basic traits. One is an avoidance of being able to express appreciation, feel appreciation, and feel a depth of, of joy and gratitude. That, that people that aren't struggling with depression um, are, are able to exude. But secondly, it is this sense of an almost like an internal helplessness against their own thoughts, against their own emotions. 
And there seems to be this welling up and overwhelming sense of of an inability to direct oneself, of an inability to do simple things like get out of bed in the morning or you know, make themselves healthy food or go and get groceries. Very simple uh, tasks can turn into these massive uh, chores and it starts to weigh down on the person and more and more their life seems to become uh, a big joke, a big problem for them to solve. And it seems like everything's a problem that they are somehow struggling to solve. And I think that depression is the joker of life because in many ways, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get comic book nerd here, but if you look at the character of the Joker and and if you've seen the recent uh iteration of the Joker that Joaquin Phoenix has played, you'll see that the uh, that that the Joker in that movie is actually in in many ways this embodiment of the shadow. It's the embodiment of this this archetype of just being completely consumed by our darkness, completely consumed by this lack of mental wellness. And really, the interesting part about that movie and why it's you know I think it's gotten a lot of tension, but but just the archetype of the of the Joker is that that it is complete chaos, right? The Joker is complete chaos, and it has this really interesting ability to make us question everything in existence, everything that we know to be true, everything that we know to be good, everything that we know to be loving and connective and uh, and integrative and joyful. And it, and it sort of infects us with this doubting helplessness and questioning, this like helpless questioning that comes in and, and, and makes us really look at everything in our life, like our capacities, our abilities, our relationships, our friendships, our family, our work. And it makes us question where we derive any sense of meaning or joy from. Because in many senses, we as human beings, we, we equate meaning to joy. The more meaning we feel and experience, the more able we seem to be to access joy within our lives. And so if we are doing meaningful work and we are in a meaningful relationship and we feel meaningful as a parent, the easier we, we seem to be able to access joy within our emotional body and our intellectual body. But why I believe that depression is the joker of life is because it starts to play this, this really simple trick on us where it has the capacity uh, to force us into a questioning of all of that meaning. And slowly it erodes our ability to see where we derive meaning and to see where we can access and experience joy. And in this way, it slowly starts to shut off the tap. It, it closes off the, the flow of joy and happiness and connection and love within our life. It closes off the connection to joy within our work, within our mental wellness, our emotional wellness, our connectivity within our relationship. And slowly, it erodes the meaning and the connectivity that we have to all of those experiences in our existence. And, and we start to question our ability to do simple menial tasks like getting out of the bed in the morning, going to the gym, taking care of ourselves uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, spiritually. And, and it sort of 
replaces all of those access points, all of those pathways of joy with pathways of hopelessness. And it does this by removing meaning. And it does this by removing any form of truth, order, and direction. And it replaces truth, order, and direction with insecurities about truth. So things that we would normally see as real, like a connection with our partner or the ability to know that our work is meaningful in the world, it replaces that with doubts and worries that what we're doing is not good enough or not meaningful enough or not impactful enough. Uh, and it replaces our direction and our clarity with chaos and a lack of direction and so many options and and this this internal sense of overwhelm that starts to creep in. And so in some ways, how we start to recover from this depression is that we see that it is a joke. We see that there is some form of almost humor in, in, the, in the darkness of this depression. We see that it's playing this ultimate trick on us and that it has somehow turned everything in our life, everything that is good and beautiful and joyful and loving and connected and, and peaceful in our life. It has started to sour all of those things. And we can start to see the sort of, the, 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 not the maybe humor, but the joke in that, right? We can see that from depression's perspective, if we can just take depression's perspective for a moment, we can see how humorous it is to depression itself, that there is something hilariously ironic about this experience. Because for many people that suffer depression, they have uh, good lives, right? They, they are in a, maybe a good relationship or they have experienced a good relationship. Uh, they maybe have a loving family that cares about them or a job that they enjoy, or friends that, that really want the best for them, and they have goodness in their life. But the irony of it, the sort of joke of it, is that depression, when it comes in, it sort of robs us of the ability to remember those pieces. And so we have to start to take the position of laughing with the depression, of seeing the joke that depression imposes upon us before we can even hope to reclaim some of that meaning, joy, love, and connectivity within our life. So that's my perspective on depression from a sort of philosophical standpoint. And look, I've, I have actually been here before. You know, I have struggled with, with depression in the past, and I've seen people in my family struggle with depression, and I've worked with, worked with countless people that have struggled with depression. And when we lose the ability to laugh at at some of the things that are happening, to laugh at our, at our own suffering, we lose the ability to climb our way out of the hole that, that depression has helped us to dig. Because suddenly it becomes so heavy that, we have, that we've lost the capacity to see the light within the darkness, right? If you ever see the yin and the yang symbol, it's why there is always a little spot of white in the black and a little spot of black within the white. It's a reminder that 
even in the most perfect place that you'll ever find yourself in your life, the most optimal place in your relationship, in your health, in your financial situation, there will always be some form of suffering somewhere in your life, whether it's a family member that is unwell or unhealthy or struggling, whether it's uh, you know a partner or a business situation, there will always be something. And so too, in our darkest moments where we are where we have touched the bottom of rock bottom and we are standing firmly on that rock, uh, there is a light in that, in that space. There, there is always a light. And the joke is that depression makes us think that there is no light in that darkness. And that's the irony. That's the remembering that we need to return to, that even in the darkest moments, there, there is light. Let's shift a little bit here and talk about the two types of depression. So, so first off, and I'm going to refer just mostly to male depression, um, but this, this applies to women as well. Uh, so male depression usually takes two forms, overt depression and covert depression. And overt depression generally has the classic symptoms of a depressive disorder, such as you know, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, and despair. However, the other form is not as easy to see because it is quote-unquote covert. And this depression um, is usually not about feeling bad so much as it is about losing the capacity to feel at all and living in a state of numbness. And that that is actually quoted from uh, Mr. Terry Reel's book, I Don't Want to Talk About It. But in overt depression, if we just stick with this, the toxic relationship one has with themselves is is sort of endured and taken on. And people with overt depression sort of live with it as a badge and they recognize it as a daily struggle. So they they've really identified like, yes, I'm struggling with depression. I'm sad. I'm not feeling good. You know, I, I am uh, dealing with this sense of sadness that I know I can identify. I can feel it within my emotional body. I can see how it's impacting my relationships, et cetera. However, within covert depression, a man uh, generally and, and, and sort of desperately often defends against his depression. So he will he'll sort of buck against it. And covert depression is almost like the shadow of depression. That's how I like to think about it. Now, often this is, happens when men are afraid to even look inside themselves in an attempt to avoid the pain within. So maybe, maybe a man experienced something traumatic growing up or you know, was, was taught that as a man, you're not supposed to feel sad or you should just suck it up and move on. And he saw examples of that growing up through his father or uncles or grandfather or whoever his sort of male role model was, his masculine role models were. were. And covertly depressed men look to often external ways to build up their self-esteem and keep the internal pain that they're experiencing away. And so this can happen by a you know, a, a pursuing of monetary value, of, um, you know, sexual uh, conquests. It can come through status and prestige. Uh, and all of these things will become, they, they'll become so obsessed with these external things that it, it very clearly is starting to become a mask for something. You can see that when you see these men and they're so desperate for this financial success or they're so desperate for this, this, status and this prestige that it seems to be covering up something um, that is that is happening within them. And 
really what what we need to know about uh, overtly depressed men, the, the men that are sort of openly depressed, is that the feelings of feeling worthless uh, are usually triggered from deeper feelings of shame. And for a lot of these men, there, there is sort of an additional feeling of shame itself is shameful, right? And so the idea here is that for these guys that are experiencing overt depression, when they feel the depression or when they feel the sadness or when they feel the shame, it is actually self-generative. It's self-perpetuating. So they feel shame and internally the thought is, I shouldn't feel shame or I shouldn't feel sadness and it creates more sadness and more shame. Whereas with covertly depressed men, they hide their depression from others um, and from themselves, but they they do it in a very different way. They might feel a lack of worthiness or or confidence, but they are actually working incredibly hard to compensate uh, for that lack of worthiness and confidence by doing whatever they can to create this sort of mask of perfection externally. And so overt uh, men that struggle with overt depression, you can often often tell or feel, you know, they'll they'll be very um, emotionally down or sad. Uh, they might be sort of uh, reactive and volatile, and they might be explosive. But covert men are harder. Men that have covert depression are harder to identify. What I've noticed is that men that have covert depression often have very unique hidden dysfunctions. So they might have a porn addiction that's hiding behind the scenes, or they might be smoking weed you know, every day or every other day to try and deal with this sense of sadness or lostness or hopelessness that or shame that is going on within them that they don't necessarily want to look at. Overt, the men that have overt depression are often, you know, like I said, they can be very outwardly angry. Uh, they can be outwardly very sad and emotionally volatile. You never know what you're going to get. And then the covert men are trying to create this mask of of uh, being okay. And so there, you can see them working very, very hard to hide this sense of internal sadness or shame or depression that's going on within them. And the the challenge with men that have covert depression is that most people don't know. Most people will never know that they're dealing with it because the the mechanisms that they are using to numb out their covert depression are hidden. It might be a gambling addiction or problem. It doesn't have to be a full-on addiction, but it can be a problem. It can be infidelities. It can be constant lying. Uh, you know, it can be uh, drinking, drugs of some sort, substance abuse. It can be many, many, many different things. But those are those are just a few of them. So we need to we need to first be able to identify which one the person is struggling with. Are they struggling with overt depression where they sort of know that they have a problem, uh, or are they dealing with this covert depression where you know they go through these sort of periods of being okay and then being completely a wreck, but tr- you know pretending like everything's okay and they sort of ride that that wave, um, but you can tell that they're sort of hiding something. So first, if this is you, you need to self-identify and you can do this by working with an individual like myself or in many, you know, finding a counselor in your area or, a, you know, a therapist or a psychologist that can help you in identifying this. But how we start to move through this is, um, you know, first and foremost, 
much, most of depression comes from a few things. What I've noticed is obviously there's the chemical part, right? For those that struggle with severe depression, it, it, can, it can be a chemical uh, component. But for many people, it's actually not chemical. For many people, it is that they are carrying around regrets and um, shame and trauma and pain and hurt from the past. Depression is a past-based dysfunction. So whenever we have depression, it's because we are holding on to something from the past that we wish was different, that we wish we could have changed or didn't do or could have done differently. And so we, we need to be able to explore what those things are, whether it's something from our childhood and our parents and our upbringing, or maybe it's something from a relationship that, that happened years ago or, or is, it has been happening uh, ongoing for years. Next, once we have identified the parts that have created some of this dysfunction, this depression, we can start to, again, sort of identify and, and acknowledge the, the irony of all this. And we can start to repair these blocked pathways, the, the blocked pathways of joy and love and connectivity, like I was talking about before, with very specific actions. Things like a daily gratitude practice, things like a, uh, a self-care practice, whether that is working out four or five times a week, which has been clinically proven to improve depressive states, along with journaling and a gratitude practice and breath work and meditation. All of these things can be very, very powerful in combating uh, the, either type of depression that, that we are facing. The, the other thing that we need to know is that we have to start to repair the relationship that we have to the coping mechanisms that we have put in place. So if one of the coping mechanisms that a, that a man or a woman is using to deal with their depression is something like porn or drinking, they'll need to uh, start to shift that coping mechanism to something healthier. So when they're wanting to watch porn or they're wanting to go have a drink, there needs to be something healthy that is in place of that that is going to help them uh, sort of cope with and, and deal with the sadness or the shame or the depression that they are feeling internally. And the probably the most important piece of all of this is to find uh, advocates, right? So just like people that are going through AA have this sort of very um, supportive regiment of surrounding themselves with a group of people that will help them, depressed, the people that are dealing with depression also need to be able to uh, find support and have a, a group of uh, men or women that are supporting them in facing this depression and facing this dysfunction and, and being able to feel supported through that journey. Because part of the joke of depression is that it makes you think that you are completely alone in the struggle. And that is part of the irony because the, the, the people that I have met and worked with that are dealing with depression are often the ones that have these incredible people around them. And that's not everyone, right? So that might not be you. You might actually be struggling to have really good connections around you that are supporting you. And if that is you, if you don't have those people around you, my, uh, my invitation for you is to start to find those types of people, right? Join a men's group, go to a men's weekend, get on the forums and the communities and start connecting with people in your area. And of course, that's going to take work, right? Hire a coach, hire a therapist, go to the counseling. Um, because oftentimes we, we want to deal with depression all by ourselves. And the, the irony of that is that it almost never works, 
right? Because that's part of the joke that depression is playing on us. That's that's part of the joker's um, attitude is, is that it makes you think that you can do it all alone and that you don't need anyone to help you. So start to connect with people in your life. And, and if you are dealing with or struggling with depression, or you even think that you might be dealing with depression, connect with someone that you deeply trust and respect and start to share those challenges with them. Start to maybe open up just a little bit and say, hey, you know what, I've been feeling X, Y, and Z, and I listened to this podcast, and I think I might be dealing with some of those pieces. And just start to open up a dialogue and a discourse about it, because you might find that someone else has been dealing with it as well, and you might be able to create an accountability where both of you decide that you're going to uh, have a gratitude practice for 30 days, or that both of you are, are going to go to the gym, and that you have that support in that way. So... I know this was a little bit of a longer mini episode, um, and I didn't get really into the statistics around depression uh, or some of the research around depression, which there is just a multitude of. There's so much out there. Um, I wanted to make this a little bit more tactical for you so that you can identify it in the, the people in your life, because as men, um, specifically, we, we really have hidden depression behind the scene. And, and I see so many men that are struggling with covert depression that, you know, come to work with me or come to the men's weekend and, you know, they, they are struggling with porn or they're struggling with, you know, smoking weed or drinking too much alcohol or you know, lying or infidelity or whatever it is. And, and that is often in place because they are covertly depressed and they have lost meaning in many parts of their life, or they're having some form of an existential crisis where they don't know what their life means or why they're here. And there's sort of this spiritual void that is happening within them. And so I've, I've seen many men struggling with this covert depression. So I, for me, this mini episode was really important for defining what it looks like. So my invitation for you is, is to really share this episode to help spread this message around so that people are more able and open to identify that depression within them, that they give themselves permission to work on it and move through it because these types of depression, especially the covert depression, are, is the type of thing that is really having a negative impact on families and businesses, co-working environments, like the, the whole thing, friendships, and it impacts all of our lives. So please do share this podcast. Hit me up if you have any questions about this, this episode. Um, and, and please do reach out and let me know if this landed for you. I got a few dozen messages from people on Instagram thanking me for the shadow episode that I launched a few weeks back, um, sort of outlining how to face your shadow. And it was really powerful to hear how that episode landed for a lot of you. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And I appreciate everything that you are all doing uh, in your own lives and in your own growth and in your own relationship. So keep growing, keep expanding, keep up the hard work. I know it's not easy. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.